0: There were 36 offers on a home my client put a bid in on two days ago. Full asking price, no seller concessions, and we didn't win the deal. I kind of knew that because I knew the home was going to go over asking price. I knew that because two days prior to that, we put in an offer on a similar home that had four. 15 other offers. And this one was better than the previous home. So we hear Timmy in the break room talking about, oh, the housing market is crashing. I saw a home drop by $50,000 on Zillow. Yeah, Timmy, I saw that home too, but it went from nine fifty to $900,000. The homes at the bottom of the market are not being slashed. Matter of fact, they are bidding wars because wages are stagnant and home prices are going up. So if you do find a home that you like under $300,000, they're going very, very quickly. So in today's episode, we're gonna talk about the numbers, some things you can do to help mitigate this, and why this is the case in the first place. Let's get it. Welcome back to House Rich, the first time home by show where we help millennials figure out how in the world do I buy my first home today we're talking about housing becoming unaffordable or maybe currently is unaffordable to the middle class. I know the quick thing or the easy thing to do is to blame the man corporate landlords, etc, but let's just look at this from a straight profit and loss standpoint as a business owner and tell me what you would do in this scenario so let's say it costs you a hundred thousand dollars to build a home because the wood costs, with the wood cost the the tile, the conduit, all that stuff costs what it costs, no matter if you're 10 minutes south of Dallas or 20 minutes north of Dallas in the Dallas market. But we know homes cost different in different parts of cities. Some parts are more desirable. So let's say five, 10 minutes south of Dallas, that home that that's gonna cost you $100,000 a bill, you can sell for like, let's say 250. But if you go maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes north of Dallas, that same home will cost you $100,000 to build. It may cost you another $150,000 because of the land, but let's say you can sell it for $500, $600,000. Like as a business owner, which scenario would you pick? If you're a business owner that likes money and profit, you're gonna pick the scenario where you're building the home north of Dallas. There's really no incentive for these new home builders to sell homes or build affordable housing because they're in it for the profit. I know that seems like a bad thing, but let's just think if they're selling apples or they're selling cars, if you're selling um, hair extensions or whatever, like people are in business for profit, whether we like it or not. Like you were at your job, maybe a W-2 job. Would you take a $10,000 pay cut at your job if your employer was like, if you do it, we'll actually match that pay cut donation to the charity of your choice. So your charity can now get $20,000. You probably wouldn't, right? Because profit is good. Your business you're looking to support is your family. But let's break down these numbers and see what is affordable for each income bracket in the economy. And to note, the median income in the U.S. is $56,420 per the Bureau of Labor and Statistics as of Q4 2022. So we're going to start at the $75,000 threshold. So if you make $75,000 only 23% of the homes are affordable to you. Many of that's a home that is $256,110. So this could be more or less based on your debt to income ratio, etc. And you're probably thinking, hold up, where in the world can I find a home that's $256,000? I live in, insert city. If the city you insert is like New York or LA, of course you're out of the mix, but really any city across the U.S. That is the point, right? So, if there is a nice home that's $250,000 in a nice neighborhood, has maybe five out of the 10 wants, you're going to jump all over that property. You and everybody else in that city. That's why there's those crazy bidding wars in the market, specifically the Dallas market is what I'm talking about, but I'm sure it's the same thing in your market. Now, let's jump up the uh, totem pole a little bit. So, if you're a six figure earner, $100,000, basically about 386 of the homes are affordable for you. And so that's basically a home that is $341,480. So still about a third of the homes on the market are affordable too, six-figure earners. So obviously one way to help make homes more affordable is to maybe buy a home with somebody else. So I would recommend waiting till you're married to buy a home with somebody else because I'm like, ah, If you can't make the commitment to that person to just be in a relationship, like long-term, you know, put a ring on it, you probably shouldn't be making the biggest financial decision of your life together either, right? That doesn't seem that extreme of a take, right? But let's talk about someone making $200,000, even double that number. So for that person, basically 77.2% of the market is available to them. And that's basically a home price that's about $268 thousand dollars. But let's jump back to the 75k person. So once again, that is 23% of the homes are affordable to them. In a balanced market, that's about 51% of the market should be at that $256,000 threshold. And so how could we get to that number? Well, we need about another 319,000 homes in the market to help balance out that supply versus the demand. So let's jump back to Where are these homes gonna come from? They're gonna come from new builders. Actually, they're coming from nobody because there's no incentive for these builders to build these homes. So you'll see like affordable housing projects maybe in your area, but please believe or please know that those always come with subsidies from the city. Like the city is giving maybe like $50,000, $60,000 to that home builder to help subsidize the home price. All right, let's jump back to this $200,000 earner because I'm going to give you another real-life scenario here in the Dallas market. I have a client that's looking at homes between $400,000 and $500,000. In this scenario, a home we were looking at had been on the market for about 75 days. We made an offer at full asking price but asked for $10,000 in seller concessions and some appliances. And our bid won, right? And so that's just a juxtaposition. These offers were made like within a week of each other so the bottom of the price bracket we made at ask no concessions lost out because there were 36 other offers now i'm kind of in the middle of this bracket 400 to 500 thousand dollars we got basically a two and a half percent seller concession on that property the max by the way is three percent at a three percent to 9.9 percent down payment so you almost got the max seller concession from the seller and Maybe you could have got the backs that we'd asked. I don't want to be too too, um, ambitious with this offer because there was another bid on the property. Here's another crazy stat right now, only 10% of the new construction homes are being built for under $300,000. Over two years ago, it was at about 30, 35%. And years before that, it was higher and higher. So it's beginning lower and lower and lower. You can't blame this on the pandemic. This dive has been happening before even the pandemic. As you can see from this chart right here, sorry if you're on the podcast, there's a bright blue line that shows you homes between $200,000 and $300,000. Right in about that 2020 time frame, it took a nosedive and there's no sign of any bounce back for these home prices. If you look at this purple line, basically about 5% of the homes are available under the $200,000 threshold. It's just been a flat line under 5% from basically 2018 to present. I'm a realtor in Dallas and would love to help you reach your goals of home ownership. So click the link in the description and just schedule a call no matter where you are on your journey. Not in Dallas, no worries, I can help connect you with a vetted realtor in your local jurisdiction as well. And feel free to share with friends, family, and folks, everyone gets loved. Here's a quick story. When I first got into lending in like 2017. I remember doing multiple homes between like $100,000 and $200,000 FHA loans and those offers being accepted. It wasn't easy, but yeah, I did multiple hundred fifty dollars to like $175,000 homes in like my first year as a lender. Today, that is non-existent because once again, the bottom of the housing market keeps going up. What are some things you can help if your budget is under that $300,000 bracket? How can you win the deal? So here's the thing no one wants to say when it comes to winning deals. You can write all the nice letters you want, but the most money is going to win the deal for the most part. Think about it. I'm gonna put the ball in your court for this scenario. So let's say your home is on the market for $300,000. You get two offers on the property. One you get from a nice first-time home buyer. She writes a nice letter. She grew up in the community, but she offers $290,000 for your property. The other offer is from, let's say, Colonizers, LLC. But they're offering $350,000 for your property. Which offer are you going to take? Let's be realistic because there is a $60,000 delta between those two numbers. I'll give you a second to think about it, make up an excuse. It's the 350, right? You'd be a lunatic not to take the offer that's $350,000 because they can help advance you and your family and help build wealth for your future. That's obviously an extreme example, but for the most part, the money is what matters. You can write all the letters you want, but honestly, your sob story or your want for the house doesn't really matter. If your realtor is writing a letter, and especially if you're maybe offering like a certain amount of under asking price, or maybe you're asking for a certain amount of seller concessions, you wanna put stuff into the letter that has to do with data and numbers. Like, okay, these are the comparable sales in the area. This will be based our offer on. We may be offered at the top with comparable sales and ask for a bit of seller concessions. These are the three homes we use to make an offer. Stuff like that matters. You being a first time home buyer new to the area, eh, that doesn't really matter for the, the most part. So here's the things you can do to make your offer look a little bit better outside of offering more money. It depends on the type of loan you have. Once again, all things equal, cash is going to be king. But then next, we're looking at a conventional loan. And then a distant third is the FHA, VA, USDA bracket. And then NACA is probably a little bit below those when it comes to making an offer. So if everyone's offering $300,000, cash is going to win, then conventional, then those other. Let's say it's a scenario where the home, once again, is marketed for $300,000. Cash may offer 290 because of like, hey, we can close quick. There's no inspection, no contingencies, no appraisal. But your conventional loan, let's say you're offering $300,000. You may win in that scenario because if you have like a strong profile, so maybe you want your, your lender to call the seller and be like, hey, I've reviewed their, their W-2s. I reviewed their tax returns. I've seen their credit report. They're a very, very strong borrower. We're very, very certain we can close this loan in like 20, 21 days. So in that scenario, the seller and the seller's realtor understanding the strength of your financing may help alleviate some of those issues that may scare off folks when it comes to financing the property. Another thing that can help with your offer getting accepted is to waive the inspection. I personally would never recommend that, but that's something you potentially could consider. But I always say this, especially in this in the lower priced homes, lower price homes, older homes especially here in the Dallas market, they'll have like issues as far as you want to know how old the roof is. If you're making an offer with no inspection, you pretty much want to see a new roof or roof that's been built in the last couple of years. You want to make sure you're walking around the property and looking at the foundation of the home for, for cracks around the foundation, around the windows because foundation repairs can cost you like 10, 15, $20,000. So that's not something you want to be like, okay, I won the bid on this home. I got this home. Maybe I paid just that asking price. But now you're gonna be in the whole like, you know, $20,000 to get that foundation repaired. That is not a fun thing at all. So you can't wait the inspection. I would not recommend it. Another thing you can do is maybe offer a shorter contingency period or maybe more option money. So what is option money? Option money is money on top of the earnest money paid within three days, the same amount of time the earnest money does. is that gives you a period of time to inspect the home and walk away from the deal. For really any reason but typically it's due to an inspection but yeah you can get like cold feet and walk away if you walk away the seller keeps the earnest money if you stay with the home that earnest money or excuse me that option money goes towards the down payment so the more option money you add to the offer the less likely you probably are to walk away for something like cold feet so that may entice the seller to look at your offer or maybe shorten the option period as well because having like one to three i wouldn't say i say maybe three days will probably be the shortest I would look at because you still would have time to do an inspection on the property and tell the seller any issues you have with the the quality of the home and things that may need to be fixed and stuff you can negotiate while you're still in the option period. Because once you get out of the option period, you cannot get your earnest money back unless there are certain things that are listed in the contract that say you can't get your earnest money back. Another thing is maybe offer more earnest money, right? Because Typically, you want to offer like 1% to 2% of the earnest money. But say, hey, if you're putting down 3% or let's say 5% on a home, maybe your earnest money is 3 or 4% of the purchase price. And once again, it shows you have more skin in the game. And I say last but not least, is made a quicker close. So in most markets, maybe like 30 days is an appropriate time to close in the property. But maybe if you have a good lender or a good profile, maybe you can do like 21 days or or 15 days or something like this. The shorter the time to closing the property, the more secure the seller is about your offer. And it may be they're moving out in 30 days, but if you're like, hey, we can close the property in, in 15 days and I'll do a lease back to you for the next 15 days, maybe they'll feel good about that. And maybe, hey, I'm feeling real ambitious, We'll do this lease back to you free of charge. So that, that could be another plus for the seller. But you kind of got to be creative in the market. Once again, ultimately, the most money is going to win. So uh, let me know what you're seeing in your market. Is it, is it uh, hard out there for the uh, under 300 k crowd? Let me know. But as always, by land. Rumor has it, they're not making any more, especially under 300 k